Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hashtag SM Life. My name is Morgan Zupanski, and I will be your host. Today, we're talking with Cheyenne Splinter. She is based in San Diego, California, but actually lives anywhere and everywhere because she works on cruise ships right now, which I think is really cool. So that's what this conversation today is going to be all about. Her experiences working on cruise ships, how she got started, what her life is like when she's aboard a ship, some terms that might be interesting for people to know, and, you know, the ins and outs of what her job looks like, the different titles she's had while working on different ships, and how that's changed what her job duties have been. So, let's just dive in. Uh, let's just dive in. Uh, thanks for joining me today, by the way. I'm so excited to get to talk with you. It's been so long. It has been so long. <laughs> it's crazy. Time flies, right? It really does. I'm like, I'm at my, uh, almost my five years as EMC. So I'm like, oh, I better get some more equity points going. Oh my gosh. Well, and ha- so how many years have you been uh, working on cruise ships now? Three and a half. That's crazy to me. I remember being at La Jolla with you and like you talking about wanting to do this and like now you're doing it, which is awesome. It is awesome. It's the best job. I absolutely love it. That's amazing though. I love that like you really wanted to do something and it was a goal for yourself and then you did it and you're like, yep, it's exact. It's just as great as I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I have to say it's been, it's been an incredible experience. Okay, wait, so let's catch everybody else up. Uh, The first thing I like to ask people is uh, to tell everybody what you're working on right now or how you're spending your time, whatever that means to you. Yeah, okay, Um, so I am a senior production manager on board Princess Cruise Lines. Um, Basically, my job entails being responsible for everything production-wise on the ship. So that includes uh, doing the production shows here in the theater as well as managing the other venues across the ship. Anything that needs a setup uh, or a microphone, a computer, a projector and screen, uh, music, anything like that, that all falls under my responsibility. So it's a a big job, but it's really fun. Okay, wait, and then you told me where you were before we started recording, but where are you in the world right now? Uh, So I am in Ketchikan, Alaska today, which is really (laughs) exciting. And then are you are you on an Alaskan cruise right now? Yeah, so currently my ship is in Alaska. We do uh, Whittier, Alaska to Vancouver, and then we do Vancouver to Whittier. So it's kind of a back and forth. And how long are you on this particular ship route? So this particular ship, I am here for two months, but my whole contract was six months. Gotcha, so you'll jump around a little bit. Yeah, so I'm actually uh, 12 days away from going on vacation. I'm hey. very excited. <laughs> I um, I started on this ship back in February when it was doing Panama Canal. Um, and then I got transferred to the Diamond, which is in Japan right now. So I did Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan for three months. And then they transferred me back here, and now I'm doing Alaska. So it's been quite a contract. Oh, my gosh. Girl, look at you go. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to say that I am very, very lucky as a first contract on Princess that I got to see so much of the world that I have not already seen. 
Yeah. Okay, wait. So before we go any further, uh, let's go back to the beginning and talk through your timeline, how you started as a stage manager, learned where that was, and like how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Okay. So uh, when I was in high school, well, okay, let me backtrack. When I was eight years old, I wanted to do theater. So my dad put me into acting classes and community theater and things like that. Um, so I did that up until I was in high school. And then when I was 15, so my sophomore year, my high school theater teacher had said, um, you have the skills to be a stage manager. Why don't you try that? And I always thought that that was her way of telling me that I was a terrible actress. <laughs> um, but I did it for one production and I absolutely loved it. And of course, high school stage management's a little bit different, but I absolutely love the concept of being the one that was responsible for the production and things like that. Uh, and now 11, 11 years later, I'm still doing it, which is fantastic. Um, I originally went to college to be a veterinarian, um, but I was also doing theater throughout that and stage managing, and I was getting a minor in theater. And finally, in my third uh, quarter of my third year, I decided that I just was not enjoying organic chemistry or any of the other classes. So I switched to theater and I finished up my degree still in four years. Um, and then right out of uh, college, I got to do Up Here With You, which was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> As a stage manager intern at La Jolla Playhouse. Um, and then after that production, I did um, a couple community theater things. I did something at a community college uh, up until January after I graduated. And then I actually got the call about Carnival on December 31st of 2015. Um, they said, we need you to go right now to a ship. And so I had less than a week to pack my life for six months and fly out to Florida. And I have never looked back. It's been an amazing experience. Um, and three and a half years later, I'm still doing it and now I'm the manager, so it's great. Okay, wait, so let's go back a little bit and dive a little bit deeper. So, because I remember when we were working together on up here at the Playhouse, um, you were applying at the time, and I don't remember if like that application is the one that got you your first gig on cruise ships, but I would love to talk a little bit about um, like what that process was like for you, applying to work on cruise ships for the first time, what the interview process was like, and like how it came when you got your official offer. Mm. Yeah, so I was applying when, when we were um, together and up here, and I applied for Princess and Carnival. Those are the only two that I applied to. Um, the other cruise lines, I wasn't super interested in what they were had as positions. Um, plus, I have always only cruised on Carnival and Princess, so I knew what the product was and I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, so I applied to those, and then Princess did not call me back ever. Um, and then Carnival did, but they uh, because I was working on up here, and then I went almost directly into uh, Indecent at the Playhouse as well. I put that my like availability time was in November, so they didn't call me for a long time. Uh, so it was June to November. Um, and then when I got the call in December, uh, they were like, okay, we need to set up. Actually, let me backtrack. They 
did interview me in, I think it was July. I can't remember exactly, but, um, so I had the interview and they just didn't get back to me for a long time. The interview, because they are based in Florida was a Skype interview. Um, and I remember being so nervous about it because you only get one chance to say what you're going to say, like, cause they video some of it. And so if you mess up or you accidentally say something that you didn't mean, it goes through to them anyway. <laughs> so you just have to be really careful and think about it. And I was so nervous that my Wi-Fi was going to like cut out or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was a Skype interview. And then there were some questions that I had to type in the answer to as well. Uh, most of it was based on what is my technical knowledge like? Do I have any knowledge of automation? Um, what do I have any management skills? Um, a lot of the like basic interview questions and then more about like ship life and things like that. Um, and then, yeah. And so then I just, I finished up that interview and then I didn't hear anything until December, like I said. Um, and then in December, I just was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I just joined a ship seven days later. <laughs> so in order to work on ships, you have to get a medical done. So that was what the seven days was that I was in between the call and getting onto a ship. Um, it requires a full medical, like they have to um, take x-rays and uh, take blood work and all. It's a crazy amount of stuff and it costs $500 to do it. What? Yeah. Yeah. Every time. So every Every time that you join a new cruise line, you have to do it. And then every two years after that. Oh, wow. I mean, I guess that's smart, right? Safety first. Yeah. Yeah. They want to make sure that nobody that's getting hired is like having going to have a heart attack or anything. That's valid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's really smart that you had some previous knowledge of uh, the cruise lines that you were applying to. And I think it's smart that you kind of like were you were applying for things that you knew you liked. Because, like, I know there are some people that think, like, oh, like, working on a cruise ship would be so fun. I get to travel the world. But, like, they've never been on a cruise before. And I'm always like, mm, I don't know if that's going to work out for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, some people, they've never stepped onto a ship, so they don't even know if they're, like, going to get seasick. And that's the worst. I'm like, why are you working on a ship if you're seasick? Oh, no. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> Okay, but so everybody then, learns in their own way. <laughs> totally. And, you know, some people can't afford to go on a cruise before they get hired for one. I totally understand that. I am just, like, one of those, like, anal retentive people that, like, you know, wants to, like, know everything in advance. Like, I watch a ride before I get on the ride. Do you know what I mean? I'm, like, that person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, okay, wait. So the first time for your first cruise ship job, what was your title going on that ship? Uh, yeah, so for Carnival, I worked as a floor technician, which sounds like I would be cleaning floors or something like that. Um, but basically, they, to go like backstory, they used to call it the backstage manager, but too many technicians were getting the idea that they were managing the technicians in the theater, which is not actually what the job is. Um, and so they changed it to floor technician, so then that way, all the techs are on the same level. They're all considered techs. Um, and personally, I think it's a it's a good decision. It's just nobody knows what a floor tech is or does. <laughs> so what does a floor tech do? <laughs> so 
it's kind of an interesting job, honestly. It's not like something that you would find on land. The most similar thing I can say that you would find on land to it is like kind of like an ASM, but you're not really responsible for like the lights or sound or automation. So I do I do all the load ins and load outs for every show. There's a new show every day. So uh, if you're doing a seven day run, you're doing six production shows a cruise. Um, so there's a lot going on. You're constantly building and taking down sets because you only do two shows a night. Um, and then you have all the other things that you're doing. Uh, but you know, you learn how to do all of the other things as well. So you learn about sound, lighting, pyro, video, um, because you're working around the ship as well. Um, a little bit less so than you do here on Princess, but basically what I did was I was responsible for the six stage hands that we had that, funny enough, have no theater experience. They come from the deck department on Carnival. So basically they're like carpenters, uh, upholsterers, what we like to call ordinary seamen, able bodies, um, <laughs> people that have no theater experience, they come back and they have to put these sets on and off and be dressers. And it's crazy. It's crazy how the how these guys just like come back there and help us. Wow, the learning curve must be crazy. It it really is. Um, I I would say that I'm like for both my job and for the stagehands. Um, I would say that I'm really fortunate because one of the biggest reasons why I joined Carnival was the fact that one time when I was cruising as a guest, I asked the floor tech if I could just go backstage and like take a quick tour and see what it was like and ask questions. And luckily they let me do that, um, which I found out when I started working there is actually not allowed. Um, but uh, he, he let me do that and he let me ask questions. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I want to be doing this. Um, so I had a little bit of an idea about what it was like, but it certainly was a very steep learning curve in terms of learning about sound and lights. And like, I had never touched pyro before in my life. And then all of a sudden I'm loading pyro. Like it was crazy. Whoa. I mean, that's amazing. And also like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how long were you in that position for? For three years. And then were you just doing shows specifically in the theater on board or were you doing shows like in the clubs and bars and different decks on the ship? Like, do you know what I mean? Like some, some people are like, oh, like I did like several shows in several different parts of the ship. And some people are like, I just stay primarily in the theater. What was your job like? Um, so I mostly did stuff in the theater, um, but I also did stuff around the ship as well. So we have what we call a tech on duty rotation. And the so once every, for like a smaller ship, maybe once every four weeks, you are just on call in case anybody needs anything. So um, I if karaoke wasn't working, then I would go and help the cruise staff or the hosts um, fix it or you know, most of the time it came down because they don't have very much technical knowledge because they don't need to have it. Um, most of the time it was just like, did you turn it on or did you put a battery in it or did you plug it in? Um, <laughs> it sounds really silly, but, you know, it happened way more often than you would think. Um, 
So it was, it was stuff like that um, that I would go and assist with, maybe in piano bar if they were having issues, or the comedy club. Um, but primarily in the theater doing the production shows and anything else. There was oftentimes like lectures um, or presentations, and I would be responsible for setting up those as well. And during those three years, uh, where did you get to travel to? So I did three full contracts on Carnival, and then I took a step back and only did swing work for the last uh, year that I worked for them, um, which is really great because I actually prefer doing swing work because it's shorter contracts, so I'm home more, um, and I'm able to like make money when I need to. But uh, in that, and it was also great because then I got to travel more. Um, for my first contract, I was on the Carnival Sensation, and that started in Port Canaveral, Florida, and was just going to Nassau, Bahamas, and Freeport, Bahamas. It was a super boring itinerary. If you ask anybody that's been on ships, they those two ports are terrible, especially Freeport, because there's nothing there. Um, but that contract was really good for saving money. Um, and then we switched to, in the middle of the contract, we switched to being out of Miami, which was really cool because we had three different itineraries on that one. Um, cause it, we have what we call a five, five, four, um, itinerary. So we do two, five days in a row and then a four day, and then we start all over again. And those I did Grand Cayman, Grand Turk, Ocho Rios, Jamaica, um, Cozumel, Mexico, I'm forgetting a bunch of them, but uh, it was basically all in the Caribbean. Um, Carnival is pretty much based in the Caribbean, so a lot of their ships are there. Um, but then my second contract, I wanted to be closer to home, so I took a contract out of Long Beach, California. Um, and that was just doing the Mexican Riviera. And then in the winter, not well, the fall slash winter, we had three different times that we did two-week cruises to Hawaii. So that was amazing. Um, so beautiful. I was so fortunate to be able to go and work there. And then, um, so I was doing, then we came back to just doing Mexican Riviera. And then I took another contract on the same ship doing the same itinerary um, because I just loved it so much. It was a fantastic second contract. I met the most amazing people. I had so many friends. Um, Everything was just perfect. I got to see my parents and my dog once a month. It was beautiful. Um, and then that was my, the, the second time on the same ship was my last full contract. And that was seven and a half, that was um, seven months and three weeks. And that was, unfortunately, the worst contract that I've ever had. Um, there was a lot that went wrong and it was just a really long contract. So that was when I decided that I wanted to just do swing work instead and still be able to work on land and get my EMC points and things like that. Um, so then I got called to do swing work um, on the Carnival Glory, which was doing the Caribbean again out of Florida, um, out of Miami specifically. And that was one of my best contracts of all time as well. I was friends with all of the technicians, which is crazy. Um, and it was just such an amazing contract. The shows were great. And then after that, I did, uh, what was the next show I did? Oh, I did the Carnival Legend, which was in Alaska. Um, so I've been able to do Alaska before. 
And then the last ship that I did, actually I did two two ships that were really close together. One was the Carnival Horizon, which is the flagship currently. I did that one earlier this year. That one was also doing the Caribbean. And then I did, but I got to go to new ports on that one because I had never done Aruba or Curacao. And so I got to do both of those, which was incredible. Um, and then finally, my last ship with Carnival was the Carnival Elation. And that was the boring run again of doing Nassau. Um, but it was good for me because I wasn't actually the floor tech that time. I was helping the new hire floor tech learn the job. So that was fun. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the difference between a full contract and a swing contract. Sure, yeah. So a full contract is typically going to be six months. That's typically how long any production contract would be. Um, swing contracts are just to fill in for whatever time they need you to fill in for. So that's if a floor tech will go home unexpectedly, like because maybe they have a, a medical issue or one of their family members has passed away um, or they quit, you know, that happens. So I basically had, um, I, th I think I said it was five contracts of swing work. Yeah, I think it was four or five. I can't remember now. Um, and those ones are just shorter contracts. So the glory, I did four months, the legend, I did a month, the horizon, I did a week <laughs> and the elation, I did three weeks. So very short time spans. Um, but just to fill in and help. And then were you doing shows on land too? Um, so I did last year when I was in order to change companies um, from Carnival to Princess because they're in the same corporation, they have a non-compete agreement. So I had to wait a whole year when going from Carnival to Princess. And in that time last year, I started working on a show at Delaware Theatre Company um, called The Sign of the Times, which was amazing because their rehearsals were in New York for a week. So I got to like go and experience that. I did, I did some community work as well, community theatre work as well to kind of help pay the bills and stuff. So then at the end of that year, you then joined Princess? Yeah, but what happened was because they needed me desperately on that Glory contract, which was my first swing contract, I actually ended up getting a release from the non-compete agreement. So I actually did not have to wait the full year because that was part of my negotiation with them, um, which was amazing because then I could start Princess whenever I wanted. Um, but basically what happened was I went to USITT last year um, to talk to Princess again and say, hey, I have the release now. I'd like to start working for you. Um, and they talked about it with me. And then they sent me an email saying that they weren't looking for senior production managers at the time when they had talked to me at USITT. So I said, OK. And I didn't hear anything for a couple of months. And I was really getting desperate at that point. So I decided to just put in my application as any other person would. Um, and then in the comment section, I just wrote, I talked to Chad at, I at USITT and just wanted to let you know, like, 
you already have my resume. And then in October of last year is when they emailed me and they're like, well, we want to do an interview with you. Um, and so I did that. And then what took so long, actually, I got, I got hired on the spot because they didn't really need to interview me because they had been talking to me for two years already. Uh, I got hired on the spot. And the thing that took so long to get me here was my medical. Um, the person that was dealing with it was, um, it was hard to deal with. So it took three months to get my medical done, which was crazy. Um, and then it, because they took so long to get me to a ship, I had to take the two other swing contracts, the Horizon and the Elation, earlier this year. Um, but it didn't affect that release because I already had it. So it was great. And basically what happened was I signed off the elation on, uh, I think it was the 11th of February. And I had six hours in San Diego before I flew out to join my princess ship. <laughs> so I joined on the 12th. It was insane. I was so tired. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can only imagine. Wait. So then when you switched to the princess, you also got a job promotion, right? Mm-hmm. I did, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I truly say that that is because of all of the stage management work that I have in my past. So as a senior production manager, how has your job shifted? Like, what is the job description now? Uh, it's a lot more like an, a stage manager would be on land. So I call the shows, even though everything's time-coded. Uh, I still have to call the automation cues. So I call those shows, um, and I'm now responsible for everybody, whereas on Carnival, I was not responsible for anybody. Now I'm responsible for um, the whole production overall. So I have 14 people under me. Um, I have two production managers, and they run the two other big venues that we have uh, on the ship. And then I have some assistant managers, the assistant managers are the ones that do automation, lights, sound, um, yeah, those three things uh, in their respective venues. And then I have stage crew, which is something that's different than Carnival. They are specifically hired because they have theater experience, uh, and they do all of the set movements. And then the only people that we hire um, from the deck department are the dressers. So they, they get to come in and help us with that. Um, and again, they don't have any theater experience, but the stage crew do. And then finally below them, I have production assistants. Um, so it's a full, full team of people, all with varying levels of experience in theater, and they all get to learn how to do everything. Oh my gosh. Okay, so what is your favorite thing about working on a cruise ship? Uh, that's a really hard question. Um, I think it's a tie between traveling and all the incredible people that you get to meet. Like I have friends in so many different countries that if I were to travel anywhere, I'd have a couch to stay on or, and I would have somebody to like show me around. They always say um, that like one week on land is like a day on a ship. So everything is just fast forwarded because you literally eat, sleep, breathe, drink you know everything with these people that you're with for six months I mean sometimes you're there you're with them for shorter times depending upon how your contracts add up but I mean you're it's like a very intense 
relationship with everybody. And that's not even just like relationship in the sense of uh, boyfriends and girlfriends and all that. It's intense friendships as well. So it's a crazy dynamic place to work. Uh, one question that I had for you, because uh, I hear like mixed things about this. So you get to go to all these amazing places while you're traveling on these cruise ships. How much do you actually get to like go out and venture out and see the places that your ships are going? It depends on the position. Um, so for me specifically, because we work in the entertainment department, we get far more time off than most of the other positions do. Um, because, of course, if the guests aren't on board, we don't need to entertain them. Um, so I, every port day, I would say that I have at least three hours to go out and adventure. Sometimes I have more. Um, but I also kind of choose my own schedule in a way. Um, I typically like to be in my office by 9 a.m. every morning just to check emails and, you know, the things that you would normally do as a stage manager on land. Um, you know, drink a cup of coffee, eat some breakfast, things like that. Um, do all of the basic morning things. And then if it's a port day, sometimes I'll, if I'm, if I really want to go out in that port, I'll just do an hour's worth of work and then go out at 10 and come back at like two. It kind of just depends. Um, but for example, like the restaurant department or, um, the bar department, any one of those, they have to work more because obviously we still have to feed people and give people beverages to drink. Um, so they probably have like two hours out in port. And so most of the time, those two hours that they have off from work, they want to go and sleep. They don't really want to go out in port. <laughs> valid. Totally valid. <laughs> it's, it's a really funny environment because I always don't know how I can make it a whole day on land without taking a nap. But for whatever reason on a ship, if I try to work an eight hour day, I can't do it. It's crazy. Oh, interesting. I think it's the mentality of working seven days a week. It, you just never get a break. So, you know, you need to really take those opportunities to take a 30 minute nap here and a 45 minute nap here. Like <laughs> you get really good at napping. Yeah. That's actually a really great point about days off. So do you get days off between mm -hmm. like when the ship goes to port and when it goes out again at all? Or like, like what is that situation for you? Nope. For the whole six months, you're working seven days a week. We drop passengers off at the home port, and then we pick them back up again at the same day. Um, we Usually, we only have about 30 minutes where there's no guests on board. Typically, we have them all the time. I mean, obviously, people need to rest at some point. So, like, is there a yeah. typical, like, break period in between contracts that people usually take? Or it's really up to the person, mm. and sometimes they just keep going? Um, so, again, that varies based on department. Uh, the, the most standard contract that you're going to get is six months on and two months on vacation. Um, and then you do it again, six months on the ship and then two months on vacation. But it kind of depends on how you work. Some people don't want two months vacation because they blow through all their money, and then they're like, oh, gosh, I'm broke. I need to go back to the ship. Um, or they get bored or, you know, they just want to keep making more money to pay off whatever they're trying to pay off. So some people only take a month off. Um, I personally, I know myself, um, I need a minimum of a month and a half vacation. Just that's a good amount of time to like relax from ships, get off the mentality of working all the time and being able to go on 
like a vacation that's a land vacation. Um, because of course people always think when you're working on a ship that that's a vacation as well. And it's so different. It's absolutely not a vacation. Um, so yeah, but then like the bar department would work nine months and then they get two months off. So it really just depends on what job you have. Totally. I mean, that sounds like probably a lot of people get burnt out from that. I would definitely get burnt out. I'd probably lean into the two months off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I definitely say two months is a perfect amount of time for most people because at the two-month mark is when you're really starting to kind of run out of money if you don't do anything in that time, like if you don't do any work on land. Um, and it's also you start to get bored. You're honestly like, oh, my gosh, I need to get back to work. Like, I, I don't know what to – I can't sit on the couch anymore and watch Netflix. <laughs> so. For sure. <laughs> You definitely, you definitely feel it. Um, when I'm on vacation, I'm super active anyway, because I just, I can't sit around and do nothing. Um, so by the two month mark, I'm like, okay, it's time to go back. So like for all the stage managers out there that are interested in working on cruise ships, um, I don't even know if this is the best way to ask this question, but like, how is the job different on board? versus like working in a traditional theater setting? So I hate to say it like this because I feel like it's just a different type of stress, but it, it, it is less stressful. You're not making your own paperwork. Um, everything's kind of standardized in a way. Um, so you have different responsibilities. You ha I have to do like monthly logs of things uh, like harnesses and per, uh, personal protective equipment. Um, and then I've got like papers that everybody has to sign that are taking you around the theater. They're called theatrical safety venue um, checklist. And then, you know, the call scripts are standardized. So you don't get to make your own call script. It's exactly what they give you. You hand it on over to the next person, next person. Um, and then there's like just different responsibilities in general. Um, like because I'm responsible for the whole ship, I have to constantly be taking notes of everything that's gone wrong and come up with a creative solution on how to fix it because most of the time on board, you're not going to have access to, you know, let's say a Home Depot or, you know, something like that. So you have to get creative with your solutions that you have or with the tools that you have on board. Because oftentimes it takes six, eight, six to eight weeks, could be even longer, like three months if you're in Japan, to get supplies. So you really have, it's a creative environment, not that theater on land is not, but you have to get like extra creative with how you're going to solve problems. Um, and then also a huge difference is the fact that you're working with people that are not all from the U.S., or from, you know, respectively Canada or wherever you're working. So you have to keep that in mind that there are so many other cultures that you're working with and you have to know how to communicate with them um, and what is offensive to you may not be offensive or may be offensive to them. So it's a very unique working environment for sure. That's a really good point actually, just like the the amount of people and the amount of times you're working with new people, and I'm sure, like, it sounds like it's a lot of, like, rinse and repeat and, like, the, like, hard skills 
part of it, but, like, in the soft skills part of it, it's probably a lot of, like, um, new people, new things all day, every day. Pretty much, yeah. And the thing that also, the thing that always varies is the guests, right? So, like, you'll have them for seven days. For example, on this on this run, we have them for seven days. And then you get a whole new group of people. And every cruise, there's a different, like, aura about them. So sometimes we have the most amazing guests that are totally reactive to the shows and they're just nice people to be around. And then other cruises, you just get people that are so rude. They barely clap. They walk out of the shows before they're done. And it's like, it's such a weird thing. And of course, it depends on where those people are from. Um, When I was on the Diamond, most of us, most of the people were from Japan or Australia. Um, but here, most of the people are from Canada or the U.S., so you have to take that into account as well. It's, it's so crazy. <laughs> so I guess for somebody that is, like, working in, like, traditional theater right now, or maybe they're in school and they're thinking about... Uh, stage managing on cruise ships or for anyone that's really wanting to get into working in some kind of stage management position on a cruise ship regardless of the title switch and like there are obviously specific differences to each kind of job like how does someone start that process yeah um so you definitely have to have stage management experience if you want to be in the um, more senior roles. But I would say first, do definitely go on a cruise. Even if it's a three-day cruise that costs you $200, just do it. You know, because the the Carnival ones are so cheap. But then at least you get an idea of, like, how to walk on a ship and how to navigate a ship and things like that and what things are called because, of course, Everything is so different on a ship. Um, you know, you, you're, it's not the right and the left side of the ship. It's the port and the starboard side of the ship. Um, so I would say definitely go on a cruise just to experience it, even if it's a three-day. Um, talk to the crew members. You know, get a feel for what it's like to work on a ship. Um, and then get that stage management experience. For Carnival, you really don't have to have, like, years upon years of stage management experience as long as you've done, like, if you're in college and then you want to go off onto a ship, definitely everything that you've done in college should be something that you put onto your resume for them because that's obviously very relatable to the job. Um, And also, I would definitely advise that anyone that wants to work on a ship needs to get experience in a lot of different uh, areas. So maybe learn just a little bit about one of the lighting boards and a little bit about sound. And I mean, like, they don't have to be experts, but definitely just the basics. And that is going to help out so much when you get on board because you're going to get overwhelmed like crazy in the first couple of weeks that you're there because it's just so much information thrown at you. So it helps to have a little bit of background knowledge. Did you get your first job, USITT, you mentioned earlier in the interview? And, like, first of all, I'm all about it. Like, I love going to that convention, and I loved it for a long time. Uh, I haven't been in the last – I haven't been in a very long time, actually. But I I think everyone should go at least once. I think you get so much out of it. Um, For you, do you think that, like, going to USITT would be a helpful way 
to get your foot in the door if you've applied and maybe haven't heard back or it feels like the process is stalling or you just want to like ask some questions? Absolutely. Um, that is actually how I got my job with Princess technically because um, the first year that I went to USITT, I talked to somebody who's no longer with the company and I basically did my interview with her. She said, you know, um, come back and talk to us. They said, typically we don't hire SPMs or senior production managers um, out of uh, just right away. They usually have to go through the tiers of the company um, just because it's a management position and you have to be knowledgeable about a lot of things in order to be a manager. Um, but she said, you know what, you've already worked on ships, so you have the experience that we're looking for and you, you're a stage manager. So I got really lucky. Um, and I talked to her for 40 minutes, like it was a full on interview. And basically she said that she would have given me the job at the time if I hadn't had another contract with Carnival lined up. So doing that and then going back the next year, she remembered me, which was crazy because it had been a whole year and I hadn't spoken to her in that entire year, but she remembered me and she remembered that I had a 40 minute conversation with her. Um, and she was so excited that I came back and that I told her that I was ready. And, you know, it, it was really, really helpful to be able to talk to her and another person that does the hiring, because I think that face to face interaction is key to how you're going to get a job. Like, of course you can show your resume and, um, you can have an impressive resume, but if you have an impressive resume and a good personality or, and a good interview with them face to face. That makes such a difference. Um, I'm realizing one other thing that I haven't asked you about. Uh, unions. Yeah. How do unions play or not play a part in your job? Uh, Princess and Carnival do not have union work at all. Uh, also, Norwegian doesn't, I believe, and, and Royal Caribbean does not. Um, so most of the cruise lines are not union. I am not 100% sure about Disney because they have their own unions on land. Um but everything that we do on ships because it's international waters is not a part of the union. Gotcha. Um, and then last question for you, uh, just like big picture. Um, if you could give your like baby stage manager self like one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? I would say to just live in the moment and take everything that comes at you in stride it's all a learning opportunity. The The one thing for ships, at least, is to just stay true to yourself. It's very easy to lose your identity on ships. Um, but if you just always stay true to yourself, that is going to be the best answer for you. And I always tell myself every day, I'm like, be positive. Just do the thing. Do what you need to do. And everything else will work out. All right, well, Cheyenne, for anybody that has more questions or just wants to reach out to you and tell you how much they love this interview or wants to pick your brain a little bit more about cruise ships, um, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? They can either find me on Facebook um, as Cheyenne Splinter or they can reach out to me via email. Um, my email is CheyenneNSplinter at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you. It's been so fun. Well, that concludes another episode of Hashtag SM Life. 
Uh, by now you know the drill, but just in case, a few things before you go. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. It's going to help other stage managers find our show. Also, make sure to click subscribe so you see the new episodes as they show up every week. This podcast is presented by the Stage Managers Association. If you want to keep up with the SMA on social media, they have all the socials. They have Twitter, they have Facebook, they have Instagram. Definitely check them out. Also, if you want to keep up with me on the socials, you can look for me on Instagram at Morgan underscore Zupanski. On this week's episode of Hashtag SM Life, you heard from Cheyenne Splinter and myself, Morgan Zupanski. Thanks again for listening and stand by for more episodes soon. Mm -hmm.